Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I have a new guest on this week and you guys are gonna be so excited and blown away and encouraged. I mean, we always try to bring the best guests that we can. And actually, I shouldn't say we bring them. The Lord brings them to us. I mean, truly, honestly, it really amazes us, the people that the Lord puts in our path um, a few months ago. I don't know if you remember, we did an episode with my good friend, Jacqueline Head. She sent me a text message and she said, you really need to get this guy, Noah Sanders, on your podcast. He's a homesteader, he's a farmer, and he does it all from a biblical worldview. And he's a homeschool dad and he does it all as a Christian. I was like, yes, that sounds amazing because you guys know if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time that I'm a city girl. I don't know anything about homesteading, about farming. I want to live on a farm, but I want to live on the farm. I don't want to have to take care of the farm. Like I want someone else to take care of it for me. I just want to look out of this massive window and I want to see horses and cattle and maybe some sheep. And I don't know, some chickens running around and laying eggs. I want to see all those things, but I don't want to take care of any of it. And I just think God's creation is absolutely amazing. So we're going to talk about God's creation this week. We're going to talk about homesteading. We're going to talk about farming and how we can incorporate these things into our homeschool and into our families, even if we are not farmers or homesteaders by trade, as our guest Noah is. So I'm super excited to jump into this. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free. They have a 100% money back guarantee if it does not work for your family. ctcmath.com. Well, Noah Sanders, welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Introduce our, um, our audience to you and your family. What is it that you guys do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's great to be on a podcast where we're bringing these two things together, homesteading and homeschooling, uh, because a big part of why we love what we do with farming and what it, it gives us opportunities for is the fact that we're so passionate about discipleship and specifically trying to prioritize discipleship of our children. And so that's a big part of why we do what we do. But I live in Alabama on some family property that uh, we live on um, with my dad's family as well. Also has a home on the property here and about 150 acres, but it's mostly wood. So uh, we just take care of small pieces of it. We have a pond and we have some pasture and a barn and gardens. And uh, we have right now some um, cows and some chickens and a duck that somebody gave us (laughs) and uh right now we currently raise food just for ourselves and we spend most of our time um, as far as our business and ministry teaching other people um, how to start with basic simple principles that are based in the scriptures that lay a, a solid foundation for success in faithfulness in agriculture and land stewardship, whether you're just doing it on a windowsill or you're making a full-time living doing it. And that's after a season of, um, um, I actually went right out of homeschool. I was homeschooled growing up. And a big part of why I went into homesteading or, or into farming actually was because I loved the lifestyle of learning together as a family. I loved being able to work with my dad on projects around the house. He did 
uh, computer software job where he had to go away each day. I just remember, man, someday it would be awesome if I could like do something where we could do kind of what we do on the weekend with my with dad every week, all day long, you know. Um, and so that was a big. I was always looking what's a what's a what's some kind of job that I could do that would allow me to. That would, that would allow for multiple generations participating alongside of each other where that kind of as you walk along the way um, relationship for discipleship could happen. So that's where why I kind of got into that. And also, you know, agriculture is one of those areas today that has a lot of problems with it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there's very few people going into agriculture. Many people discouraged me from going into agriculture as a young person and uh and, and yet I just felt like, man, if God calls me to something like this, I mean, farming is not something that's just going to be like eventually fade away with the wagon wheel makers and, you know, stuff of yesteryear that we are going to always have to eat. So sure. I wanted to, I felt like that was something that we really could do. So for 13 years, um, we made our living doing small scale uh, vegetable production, egg production, chicken production, all from wow. like an organic or beyond organic kind of approach and sold those to people that we knew in our community. And that provided not only a lot of opportunities for us to serve, us to find ways to reflect our fate in what the way we approached agriculture, because there are a lot of controversies in how the right way to do farming and, and treat animals and stuff. Um, but we also had so many discipleship opportunities as well, just to engage with people all over you know, the seasons of life spectrum and the faith um, and political spectrum that all unite around good food and right. would be sitting around our table and have our kids be able to be a part of that um, was just such a, an amazing thing. But then a couple of years ago, uh, in the beginning of 2022, we've uh, there's there's another part of the story about kind of the ministry side of what we do, but we really felt like God said that the season for us, like proving the small scale farming model that we had been doing was had had come to a close because we were not because we were failing. We were at where we had always wanted to be as a small scale farm, but it was just like we could either farm really well mm -hmm. and keep doing that or we could do the uh, take advantage of the training opportunities that we were being asked to do. And with raising seven kids, which we have here on the farm, uh, I only have so much time in the day, you know, to devote yeah. projects. So we just had we been, you know, we felt like too much is given, much is going to be required and we really felt like God had given us that season of really um, being able to gain understanding about kind of some of the mechanics of and the principles that it takes to succeed in in farming or homesteading whether it's super small or big uh, so that we could then pass that on and specifically our passion is to equip Christians yeah. to be faithful in this area so that we can then serve into the world and provide solutions when people have problems with growing food. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Joseph, right? <laughs> he knew how to grow the food and he was able to feed a whole lot of people because of it. People coming to him begging him, I don't know what to do. Yeah. We don't have food and we don't have any money. And I mean, it's it's just incredible. And so it really is. I mean, you're going all the way back to the Old Testament um, example of what to do with God's planet. I mean, how he created us to do this, right? Um, and it's so foreign to most of us, you know, there are many people, and I know there are a lot of homeschool families who are homesteaders, um, but I would say the large majority of us homeschooling today have no idea. Um, it, and it's so interesting as we think about food. I, I remember this is going to sound so ridiculous. 
several years ago when my girls were really little, we went to the LA um, County, uh, the LA, the yeah, Los Angeles County State Fair. Um, and it was super fun. And they had this whole section there for the kids where they start, it was, it was these like areas that were sectioned out and it started with the farm and they got to do pretend, but they got to put pretend seeds in the ground and then they watered them and then they harvested them. And then they took them to the buyer and then they took them to the grocery store. And then they went into the grocery store and they had these little carts and they got to go grocery shopping. And I had never, probably even at that point in my life, like I know intellectually that, okay, obviously apples don't grow on the, you know, cart in the grocery store, but I had never really put together all of those things that, well, they don't just appear here. Somebody has to actually farm them, right? To make them come about. And and it goes, of course, all the way back to creation, which is absolutely amazing how God created everything for us. Um, but it's it's so foreign to so many of us. And we don't think about the process that people go through in order to bring us the food that we have. Yeah. Um, and so so I, I love that you are doing what you're doing, that you're going out and teaching people how to do this. Um, and you talked about some, you, you mentioned that there are a lot of problems with agriculture. Um, I want to talk about that just in a minute, because I want to know, like, what are the problems that are going on with agriculture that we need to be aware of? But let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Noah. Um, Before the break, we were talking about that there are issues, there are problems with agriculture. And I think oftentimes those are man-made problems. Probably most of the time they're man-made problems because as sinful human beings, we tend to oftentimes mess up what God created in perfection. So talk through some of those with us. What are some of the things that we maybe need to be aware of? Yeah, well, we live in you know a time where we have this incredible food um, system that enables a lot of us not to have to worry about food. Um, like many people in the world do. I was just listening to a friend of mine yesterday saying how, you know, when he goes to places like Africa and they're sharing with them, you know, a meal as a guest, um, sometimes you're eating the food and these people that are sharing with you don't even know where they're going to get the food for tomorrow. You know, they live like that. We don't, we don't even have to think about it here because of this incredible system that we're a part of, um, food system, but it's important as Christians that we understand that we are not omnipotent as human beings. We, you know, and throughout history, the basic foundation of any economy is its agriculture. Um, it's, I don't believe that God wants everybody to be a farmer. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's kind of like if you're not faithful with the very first thing God gives you, then you can't expect to build on top of that, you know, mining, manufacturing, industry, trade, art, culture, all those other things. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you're not really at liberty to do that. So um, it's important for us, whether or not we feel called to agriculture, to be aware of the help of the agricultural foundation in the economy that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while our, while we benefit from, you know, that ability to just go to the grocery store and typically get everything that we, that we see anytime we want, if we look at some of the, some of these, there are some root problems though, that could potentially cause a lot of issues in the future with farming. One of those, um, an indicator is there, farming is not a very profitable, um, venture in this day and mm-hmm. age. It's very difficult to make a living farming. Think, uh, the average like if you look at the median income for u.s farmers like in 2021 if you look at the median average income for farming households from their farm uh is 210 dollars nationwide so 80 about 90 percent of farm households in the u.s receive most of their income from off-farm jobs so you're Mm -hmm. basically using an off-farm job to subsidize your farming habit in a sense and it's there's a lot of things that, that play into that with the models that we've got, the scale that's required, subsidies, you know, um, kind of the the market, all these weird things that it should just be as a, a regular profitable thing like anything else. But yeah. there is a particular difficulty of it's hard for anybody to realistically encourage young people to go into the normal style of farming that we see today because either you've got to, you know, go millions and millions of dollars in debt. Yeah. Um, or be born into it. And so that's not normally like something that's easy to do. So that's a challenge. And one of the things that that has produced is very few new farmers. Um, mm-hmm. The population of farming farmers in the U.S. is 57 is the average age today, to be exact. So 57 is the average age of the farmer. And that's been something that's gone up, you know, and is just continuing to rise. And part of that's because, you know, how do you get, how do you transfer that? How do you make it attractive? You know, right. if you don't have a pipeline for these new farmers coming along, then it's really challenging. It just isn't an indicator of like health in that sector if you don't have new young people coming into it. Right. Um, and then we have very, you know, amazing complex food systems and GPS tractors and all that kind of cool stuff. But when we saw with some of the disruptions in COVID, uh, we our farms in the U.S. and are not the resilient, self-sustaining operations that they used to be where... We're using the manure from the cows to fertilize the crops and the grass from the farm to feed the cows. And and this this kind of like at least localized input and system and dependency. And now it's like, well, if if uh, there's some kind of disruption, whether it's the Ukrainian war or it's if things, you know, embargoes from Russia on, you know, fertilizer or whatever, it's it impacts the price of stuff locally in your community, which is. Yeah. It makes it it's much more dependent on things that are outside of our control, which is not really where you want your your food um, right. being because we can do without like imported luxury goods or conveniences, mm-hmm. but we can't do without the things that we need for survival. And yeah. so we have this fragile centralized production. And then sadly, because we focus mostly on quantity and scale and cheapness and all that stuff, farmers have not been incentive. We've been incentivized to go away from kind of these God's way of life, you know, like happy chickens, 
and and kind of treating life as something non-special, which has resulted, unfortunately, in food that doesn't produce healthy people and mm. doesn't produce healthy land, you know, systems that are not healing the land. Right. And so in the U.S., we don't have people starving to death like we do in Africa, but obesity is a form of starvation. It's like a malnutrition. You know, mm. it's you're, you're always hungry and trying to eat empty carbs. But nowadays we have corn varieties that produces twice as much per acre, but they haven't increased twice as much in the capability to uptake nutrients. So now it's like you've got to eat twice as many carbs to get the same Min, you know, like vitamins right. in a sense in corn as we did. And we think, oh, yay, we're getting twice as much yield. But how are we helping people? So a lot of this I just recognize and I believe is just a result of whenever we see death is, you know, uh, you know, Satan came to kill, steal and destroy. Right? right. When we see like this kind of these bad fruit, it's really should always go back. It, we can always trace this Christians back to sin. And sure. how is this a reflection of um, our pride? our unfaithfulness and our selfishness, yeah. and then recognize that the solution to that is Jesus changing our hearts to help us to reapproach agriculture with humility, with a commitment to faithfulness, and a heart of unselfishness to serve both in giving to the land and giving and, and doing the best for other people. And that's what we found has really does provide viable solutions to these kind of challenges that we face. But it's not something you're going to fix overnight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's us trying to take over, trying to take control of what God has already created and trying to do it our way instead of his way. And that never turns out so well, does it? <laughs> There's it always doesn't. a mess in there. Yeah. We can easily in any area of life, whether, you know, it could be education, it could be anything mm -hmm. else. You know, on one hand, we can have legalism where we can be like, you know, this is the way you should do it. And this is the result you're going to get. Um, yeah. And on over here, it's like, well, there's grace. You can do it however you want. God doesn't really care as long as you're doing it for him. It'll all work out, you know, and neither one of those is really accurate um, yeah. because neither one really needs God. Right. God wants us coming to him to say, how can I reflect you yeah. in what I'm doing in my situation with my starting point? How can I grow to be able to do that more and more? Um, yeah. And there's a humility that's required for that, that we can't just like say, I've got the formula and everybody else should do this and then that'll fix their problems. Um, yeah. Typically that ends up in pretty miserable failure if you take yeah. that kind of approach and divisiveness too. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine living in the Garden of Eden and how perfect and beautiful it must have been and how wonderful the food must have been and everything was perfection at that time? I can't wait to get to heaven and have that all over again and, and <laughs> won't mess it up there. So... Uh, we're out of time, but we're going to come back Wednesday. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk about homesteading um, and what that really looks like for us and how we can even use that to point people and point our kids to Jesus. So Noah, where can people find out more about you and your ministry and all that you have going on? Yeah, if they go to redeemingthedirt.com, redeemingthedirt.com, they can find links to all of our resources there. All right. We will put that link in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to stay tuned to the very end to hear a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you've not been to our website, schoolhouserocked.com, go there and just peruse around it. Check it out. There's lots and lots of stuff. Um, we've, we've got the movie that you can stream for free. We have our other podcasts that you can listen to. Um, we've got our store up there with all kinds of fun stuff in the store. You can donate there. There's lots of fun stuff. If you're bored and you don't know what to do, go to schoolhouserocked.com and check it out. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye.
What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com rocked. Whenever you deal with life, there's an ethical moral dimension that comes to play that isn't necessarily there when you're just dealing with metal or something that's a non-living you know, entity. What it means is that like your perspective and your worldview on life, the origin of life, the value of life, whether there's purpose and design in life and all that, impacts the way that you make decisions about how to manage that life. Almost nobody in any of these camps that I was learning from and trying to get information from acknowledged God, even if they were Christians, like hmm. that wasn't, didn't, they didn't bring that to bear necessarily right. on how they farm. So I began to realize that like the industrial kind of model that I grew up around was much more man and science had all the answers. We have a problem, we can figure it out, we can fix it, we can, you know, uh, course it somehow through science to do whatever we want it to do. And yeah. I know this hand over here, we had, you know, nature and the environmental approach where it's, we kind of like worship nature. It has all the answers. Mother nature is like, we want to respect and honor her. And so I was like, well, one's kind of like looking to man for all the solutions. One's looking to nature for all the solutions. I believe that God has the solution. 